You're listening to the Honeypot Chats, a podcast about cybersecurity with your hosts, Brenda and Tambi. Hey guys, welcome back to Honeypot. I'm your host, Brenda, and with me I have... Tambi. Hey guys. So, thank you um, for the feedback that we've been getting uh, with regards to all the previous episodes. We really, really appreciate it. Um, please, if you haven't um, listened to us, um, please go. The, there are a couple of episodes that are up already. And uh, follow us on social media for tips and tricks and um, everything else. But thank you so much. Today's episode, we're going to talk about um, one of the things that uh, Tambi is quite passionate about, fishing. And <laughs> and um, we will talk about fishing and we actually have titled the episode, Can You Spot the Fish? So we'll get into it and uh, just give you our perspective of what uh, we consider fishing is and, and best practices around it. So we went to NIST to look for a technical definition of what phishing is. And NIST defines phishing as a digital form of social engineering that uses authentic looking but bogus emails to request information from users or direct them to a fake website that requests information. So in general, it's um, you get a, a normal email that looks like it's from a legit company, but it's actually redirecting you to a different site where hackers are actually trying to um, collect your information. Uh, Tambi, do you want to tell us why, you know, phishing happens? Sure. So um, mostly the, the main objective of a phishing attack is to obtain some sort of data. Um, in, in most instances, it's, it's your personal data. So things like your passwords, your PINs, your card numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, the reason why phishing is probably one of the most popular modes of attack is because the cyber attackers look at the human aspect yeah. when it comes to cybersecurity. So in cybersecurity, we have people, processes, and technology. And people are always the weakest link. Now, I know in the corporate world, you know, I'm sure people have heard this a lot and get agitated. You know, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll get into you know, some details on that. Um, the reason why people are the weakest link is because your processes, your technologies do not think or behave or have emotions like human beings. So in most cases, the cyber attacker will send you an email that is looking to invoke some sort of reaction. So whether to you know, frighten you a bit, um, make a knee-jerk reaction, things like that. But then also yeah. as human beings, sometimes we're lazy to really think twice about something we've received. Um, you know, I think we'll get into that a little bit more when we look at the different types of phishing and how to identify an attack and how to defend yourself. Um, but then also, I think one thing that a lot of organizations might overlook is the fact that in as much as we you know, apply patch remediation for your computer, so that's applying your updates and security patches, we need to do this through awareness or learning. So you need to teach your people um, the dangers um, around phishing, um, what they need to look out for. And, you know, in the event they have, you know, um, taken the bait, what do they then do? Mm. Um, so I think now, Brenda, you can get into the different ways um, that the attackers perform their phishing attacks. Yeah. So there are different ways um, that attackers actually go to uh, perform these attacks. But I think one thing that is important to state is that as much as um, we think that we're safe, 
you know, we can we can update, like uh, Tambi already said, you know, updating the patchings of the devices that we use and stuff like that. We also need to bear in mind that um, attacks are evolving every single day. So Absolutely. the attack that happened yesterday is not going to be the attack that's used today. And that's mm. why they've always... Um, if you've spoken to a lot of people in the industry, there's always that statement that says um, you can never be 100% cyber secure. Never. Absolutely. So whoever Absolutely. comes to sell you that is lying. <laughs> <laughs> there's no 100% security in cyber security. That is a lie. You know, yeah. there's, there's, oh, you, there's only so much that you can do. I mean, for example, you've got such attacks as called zero days. And zero mm-hmm. days attacks are basically attacks that... Um, you haven't people the people in the industry the intelligence team have not necessarily looked at how this attack happens so it's a brand new attack it has got no blueprint of how it works or how it attacks and then they use those kind of attacks and most of these attacks are in the dark web and being mm-hmm. sold by people in the dark web so um it's a disclaimer to just say that you know you can never be 100% um cyber secure but if you have good practices looking at the three processes that, or the three areas that Matambila was talking about, which is people, processes, and technology, and you're continuously um, working to update those areas, you're in a safer um, position. So if we look at um, the different types or ways that people get attacked, um, the, the most common one, I think, is emails. You know, you as, as, as Tambi mentioned, you've got sales emails. We've spoken about this, I think, in one of our previous um, episodes where we talk about work performance emails, upgrading your contract. So all of a sudden, um, you get an email from somebody that's at HR saying that, oh, we, we, we want to talk about your work performance and we want to give you a bonus and we're looking mm. at X amount to give you this bonus. And guess what? You haven't spoken to your boss about it. So how does that bonus come into play? You know, because usually... Um, common sense tells us that when we're speaking to our bosses and HR, it's it's a it's a triad. So it's us, our bosses, mm-hmm. and the HR department where you're having such conversations when it regards to work performances. You know, yeah. Tambi mentioned invoking some emotion. So usually, we all like sales. We all like right. things that have price. We all like things cheaper. Um, usually, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. You know, so. Yeah. Um, ideally, Tambi will go into ways of avoiding, you know, um, such things or what to do with regards to us, you know, trying to be more vigilant when it comes to phishing attacks. Another one in the email category is more for the business emails, um, the business emails. So you have a lot of, I think the last couple of years, you've been having what they call the CXO scams or the executive Mm -hmm. scams where... Mm -hmm you get um, hackers sending an email to the CFO, asking the CFO to release some certain amount of money. um, And this email will be coming from the CEO. So if you're in a business that is not necessarily good at communicating with each other, the CFO has been directed to give, you know, this money to a certain company. The first thing he's going to do is probably just go ahead with the transaction. So it's always good to to make sure that you you have this conversation. And I think, and please note, guys, a lot of CXO levels have been prone to this type of uh, phishing attack. One, because, you know, they get so many emails in their inboxes. So some of those things, you actually believe that it's from this particular person that is working with you, and then you just transacted quickly um, due to right. the, the level at which they are at. Then we talk about spear phishing. Um, spear phishing is when uh, email is sent to a specific person, and this is done by getting details. So, for example, 
I will study um, Matambila. I'll know that mm-hmm. Matambila works for X Bank. Matambila is positioned at X Bank is this. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go to her social media sites and maybe check out um, her, you know, her activities on social media. Maybe they'll get a phone number or probably a private email if her mm-hmm. um, page is public and stuff like that. And then I will target a specific email to Matambila. And then once Matambila clicks it, I have access to the rest of the business um, that Matambila works for. Whaling um, is also another way for for, uh, talking to the business compromise um, emails. So they actually call it, the technical term to call it is whaling, where you obviously target your senior executives. You're looking at tax returns, Mm -hmm. you know, transfer of cash and stuff. Then there's Mm -hmm. smishing and vishing. Mm -hmm. So smishing and vishing talk to text messages and using the phone. So when you get a text message, and I think in in Zambia and in Africa, a lot of people have been getting this, especially with mobile money, Mm -hmm. you know, where you get a text message uh, from mobile money, say, no, you need to change your PIN number or you need to do this and stuff like that. That would be a smishing attack. Vishing is where somebody calls you and says, hey, Tambi, I just wanted to phone you and tell you that, no, your credit card is due for renewal Mm -hmm. or this and that. I'm from X Bank. And I just wanted to have a conversation with you, but you need to confirm your details and, you know, give me your PIN number and your account number and all this stuff. So it's usually via telephone. And sometimes you don't know because they're asking you the usual questions that you'd be getting that you're signing when you're signing different contracts. There are certain identity questions that you use to be able to verify that you are who you say you are. So they will get access to some of those things and actually get information from that. And then we've got one that has come up, which is Angler. And Angler is more with regards to social media. Um, And I think we mentioned this last week when we were talking about is social media really free, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. being safe on social media, it will target you. Basically, what they do is they sit and they look at your activities on social media. So Tambi, the last time on our last episode, gave an example of um, that. I think it was a minister, Tambi, that you mentioned who had actually put out his, I think, was it a passport or a ticket number on social media? And his information was actually there in the barcode. And um, people could have actually gotten that information and actually um, used it to do whatever they wanted in terms of getting stealing his identity or stuff like that. It also talks to cloned websites, tweets. Um, one of the case studies that we're going to talk about is actually they used um, an angler kind of um, spear phishing campaign. So it was a combination of angler and spear phishing. And we'll talk to that um, later on in the episode. But basically, these are generally the types of ways that people will will try to get your information. So Tambi, how can people become safe? How do they know how to avoid such things? Okay, so I'll just touch on a couple of um, points that we can look at to protect not only yourself, but even your contact. And, you know, if you if you work for an organization, you also protect your organization because everyone forms a big part of the overall security. So the first one would be awareness. Um, I spoke a bit about this a bit earlier. And this is just in regards to empowering people with knowledge about cybersecurity. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you don't work for an organization, you can just go online and maybe do a Google search on, you know, top cybersecurity threats for 2020 or 2019. And there's a lot of material out there um, that will enable you to become more empowered and protect yourself and your contacts um, far much better. And then normally in a work setting, you will find that that's the job of the cybersecurity team. 
Um, they might send you flyers every week. They might send you quizzes. They might do, do um, newsletters. Um, you can actually go on sansit.org. I believe that's the website. They have a lot of free material in regards to awareness that you can look up for yourself. Or if you work for an, an, an organization and you're in cybersecurity, you can actually use material from there. Yeah. It's copyright free, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, and then also be very careful with emails that claim to be, especially I think very common is from your IT department. Or if you're in procurements, you'll find that um, I think some years ago, it was very common to receive these fake emails from DHL or FedEx. Yeah. So be very, very wary of emails that are asking you to change your password or reply with the password or that ask that you give your IT support remote um, access to your computer. Um, another common one is the one where they claim your computer has been hacked, you know, click here to install the software, things like that. You have to be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's, if it's claiming to be from someone you know, it's easy pick up the phone and call the person and find out. If it's someone in your office, you can just get up and move to their desk and find out, did you send me this email? Yeah. You know, you yeah. always, you know, you trust, but always verify. Yeah. <laughs> very, very yeah. important. Yeah. Um, you also have to think before you click. If you receive a link in an email, don't rush to click on it. You know, you can place your mouse over the link. It will, it will show you the actual website where you will go to if you click on that link. So it might say it's going to google.com in the email, but when you put your mouse over the link, it could say something else, hackers.com or something. Mm. Yeah, and then also be very careful with opening unsolicited attachments. You know, even if it's your contact, it's very easy to spoof email accounts. It's easy. So somebody, again, going back to Brenda's point about spear phishing, they have done their study on you. They've gone online. They know what you do. Okay, very possible that they find out who your reporting chain is. Okay. Then they can spoof their email and send you a document, which, you know, um, unknown to you might be uh, ransomware, for example, which you don't want. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. <laughs> be very careful. And then also another telltale sign is the grammar and the spelling. Your Normally pet peeve. Those... <laughs> That's my pet peeve. <laughs> that is my pet Grammar and spelling. <laughs> Always, you know, especially if it's somebody that you communicate with on a regular basis, whether it's your friends, it's, it's your colleagues at work. Um, if the spelling is off, surely yeah. that should raise an alarm. Say, mm, this is a bit and even strange. the tone, the tone of the way, the because you know how you communicate well. with people. Yeah, exactly. The tone. And then another one that um, people sometimes overlook is the salutation. So mm. if if I'm always sending Brenda emails every day, it might be, hi, Brenda, hey, how are you going? But then if one day my email to her says, dear, no name, no nothing, mm. that would be strange. Or again, if I'm always using hi, 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 and then one day it's dear, mm-hmm. Brenda will be like, hmm, that's, that's weird. You know, mm. we, we don't communicate that way. Something is off here. Um, and then last but not least, read fast but act slow. Um, phishing emails normally... Again, you know, appealing to the fact that the human is always the weakest link in cybersecurity. They rely on the fact that, first of all, you're probably going to read very fast. You're going to ignore the red flags. And if the email says your account will be closed tomorrow because you haven't changed your password, click here to do it. There's that sense of urgency and you will click on it. Yeah. But if you take a couple of seconds, say, mm, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Or pick up the phone, call your bank's call center and find out if they send that email. Mm-hmm. Um, that will save you so much time and save you from a lot of headaches. Um, this also applies to the vishing. If you get a phone call from someone claiming to be your bank and saying, look, 
you know, you're a good customer. We don't want to bother you or trouble you. You can change your password or your PIN now with me over the phone. Hang up, go to your bank's website or their Facebook page, call them using the number that's there uh. and find out if they actually called you for those things. But in most circumstances, banks don't do that. They will no. never communicate in, in that way. They will never ask you for your password. No. You know, if you call the call center, they don't ask you for your password. They ask you security questions to verify okay. who you are. So we need to be very, very careful. Yeah. Um, I think now, Brenda, we can talk about some best practices, what you can do when you get a phishing email. So we've looked at um, some of the red flags. Yeah. Now what happens, you know, once it's in your mailbox, what can we do? Okay, so I think the, the, the first thing that they should do is when they find it in their mailbox, they shouldn't click on anything. <laughs> So I think, you know, obviously don't reply, do not forward it, um, delete it immediately. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to, for, if you forward it, it might trigger, um, you know, a certain malware or torsion that will actually happen to you. Right. So always be careful. Don't reply or don't reply. Don't just delete the email. And if yeah. you are doubtful about it, see where it's coming from. Like we've mentioned, like, you know, Tambi mm-hmm. has mentioned earlier, if it's coming from Matambila, pick up the phone and call Matambila. Okay, hey, yeah. I just got this email from you. Um, It's talking about A, B, C, D, E. Did you actually send it to me? And then Matambila will say right. yes or no. And then you do that. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, if you're at work, you obviously need to contact your IT department and alert them immediately. So a couple of things have actually happened at my my office, for example, where I work. Um, I've gotten a couple of emails that are strange and usually because I have a work email address, um, I don't know where they get all my email, you know, people either, you know, give your email address or, or stuff like that from a business point of view. So you get emails from all these different, um, um, you know, marketing, uh, cybersecurity marketing events and the stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. it's happened twice where an email has come through and they've asked me to do something urgently. So what mm-hmm. I did is um, we have a portal where we go and register, um, you know, suspicious emails and the like. So I actually mm-hmm. forwarded it to that actual email address because we've been told that it's a safe email address to actually forward it to. So it's a safe um, mailbox. And mm-hmm. I actually forwarded the email to there. And then they actually came back to me and they're like, oh, yeah, it was a spear phishing campaign. <laughs> so thank you. We know that you're safe. <laughs> and they've That's done it twice. One. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. Right. So actually, you actually know that, you know, um, this is good. This is good because it just yeah. seems wrong. It's talking about it's coming from the company that I work for, but our logo is not on that email. It just looks so weird mm-hmm. the way it's, you know, mm-hmm. the terminology and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, this this doesn't seem weird. So I'm like, hey, you guys, are you doing a spear phishing campaign or something? And they're like, yeah, yeah, actually right. we are. So, you know, make sure you inform your IT department. They obviously know what to do immediately. They can guide you. And even if you click it by accident and then you figure out later on that, oh, this might be a problem, immediately mm. tell your IT department um, what's going on and, and exactly. try to disconnect your, your PC from the network and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I, I think also just to add on to your last point, sometimes, you know, when we're in the workplace, we feel like um, maybe nobody needs to know yes. that I clicked on this thing because nothing will happen. Yes. Which is a very big mistake. Yeah. You know, the sooner you tell your IT department, the quicker they can work to mitigate the risk and protect your entire, you know, not only just you and your colleagues, but your entire network. So that's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah, There there are a lot of um, case studies that we can get into when it comes to phishing, but I think one that people 
probably have heard about or would find very interesting is one that happened in July of this year, on the 15th to be precise. Quite a number of high-profile um, people from the U.S., celebrities, uh, politicians like you know um, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, um, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, a whole bunch of them had their Twitter accounts hacked. And yeah. interestingly enough, the masterminds behind it were a 30-year-old British man and a 17-year-old yep. teen from Florida. 17. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes they even 13, you know, they even yeah. 12. Yes. <laughs> you yes. Know? yes. So what these guys did was a perfect example of if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, so what they did was they conducted um, spear phishing, targeted certain people at Twitter itself. Yeah. They pretended to be from IT support, called these people at, at uh, Twitter. So it was specific people because they were trying to get into the admin accounts, convinced them to give up their passwords, which they did, which then gave them access. And once they were able to get into the admin side of Twitter, they then had access to all these accounts. And they sent tweets um, to, to people talking about, you know, you can imagine a tweet from Barack Obama, Barack Obama <laughs> saying, <laughs> I will send you $2,000 for every $1,000 you sent to me. And then they added a Bitcoin address. Now, again, as Brenda said, if something sounds too good to be true, Barack Obama is asking you to send him money and then and, he's going to double the money said. for you. Not only that, common sense is probably Barack Obama is not using his Twitter account by himself, right? He probably right, has a team right. that does his social media. Kim Kardashian, right? Maybe she looks at exactly. it personally once from time to time. But these people have no time to be sitting and doing Twitter tweets, except yes. if you're the president. You know, you of have course. enough oh, yes, time. Yes, of but you know, fingers, yes. Twitter fingers. You know, <laughs> but other than that, it just doesn't make sense. It's just you know, you just look at the caliber of the person, and why would mm -hmm. Barack be asking you for money? He's rich. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, exactly why. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, people fell for this. And these guys made quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, now, you know, they were using Bitcoin. And I know it's been said, you know, Bitcoin is anonymous and all these things. But then again, back to the point about, you know, technology is forever evolving. So it might have been, you know, some degree, I suppose, anonymous, maybe a year ago. But, you know, sometimes people become very sloppy, very careless. Yeah. And um, the hackers were actually... Um, caught by investigators in Washington, D.C., and how they did it was they analyzed the Bitcoin um, transactions on the blockchain. The blockchain is a ledger where the transactions are recorded, um, including some of the accounts that the hackers tried to keep anonymous. So, you know, again, um, cybercrime is evolving. You know, technology is evolving. If anything, the attacks are becoming more and more complex. Yeah. Um, sometimes steps ahead of everyone. And, yeah. you know, nobody knows what to do. But then again, you know, solutions will still come and eventually you will be caught. You know, so you look at this kid who's 17. At 17, he's committed this huge crime. <laughs> yeah. Huge, you know, and there are consequences for that. So um, for the hundredth time, like Brenda said, if something sounds too good to be true, you know, it probably is. Not too long ago, we're looking at those, um, was it 419 scams? About, the Nigerian you know, one, a, remember? Yes, yes. The, the um, guy so who so, actually called yes. it by the FBI, you know. Oh, the, yes, the hush puppy. <laughs> no, not, not, even, not even hush puppy, the other Nigerian dude. Hmm. I don't know whether I shared that with you. Where, oh, um, there's another one? There's another one who was actually caught by the FBI. And, and, oh. and I kind of went to school with him. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I oh. shall not say where and when. Yeah. He was actually caught by the FBI. Um they defrauded I I can't remember the story, but uh we'll probably look for it and and give you mm. links to it and stuff like that. But um mm. they defrauded um a company of 30 billion or 30 million dollars. Whoa. And it was a syndicate in the states. And so when he was flying into the states, he was caught. Very oh, predominantly wow. known Nigerian young youth. Um, I'm not going to say names. I'll just put the link for the yeah. things and then you, you guys can kind of go and um, oh, look at it for yourself. Goodness. But literally, yeah, and the FBI caught him. So he's oh, he's wow. brought himself from Nigeria because people could just not understand how, I think he was, what, 30 at most? 20, 20, wow. Between 25 and 30. This guy has got, um, you know, the G-Wagons. He's got um, a oh, business wow. that is making a lot of money and you don't even know where the money's coming from, you know? Wow. Um, there are no assets to correspond with the money that's coming in. And, you know, so it it happens. And guys, even though, you know, we we, we didn't necessarily go to the 419 scams, they're still there. They still happen. They're still the prince yeah. somewhere that is 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 looking for a bride and wanting mm-hmm. to give up money. They're still um, a person who's died and all of a sudden you've inherited a stranger's um, wealth like they didn't have family to give it to. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's, there's still all of that. So, you know, if if it's too good to be true, um, look at it um, as, you know, Matambila says grammar. Grammar is very important. Sometimes mm. they might say www.google, but spell Google without with one O right. and then put right. a .com and then you're thinking it's Google. So just, you know, be very careful. I think another thing that a lot of people do, and I was talking to another friend of uh, mine, she was like, oh, I actually type out the website. I'm like, good, mm. do that because yeah. that's good practice. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you actually yeah. want to go to Google, type out Google yourself. If you want to go to um, a certain bank's um, site. If you don't know what the the actual URL is or the address, the the website address, type it out. Use Google search and then get directed from there. That's the safest yeah. way to do it. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we could go on. Fishing is 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 a, is a <laughs> thing. It it is evolving. It is. So be careful. Be be very careful on 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 the internet, guys. Um, we cannot stress that enough. Uh, things are changing. COVID has also changed the dynamics of how we use um, the internet and digital media and the like. So please, please be very careful. Um, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Remember to keep your you know um, social media or your accounts private. Update your passwords. You know the list is endless. Just be secure and and make sure that you update your human OS. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much stuff on YouTube. There's even Cybersecurity 101. There's uh, yes. Cyber Witness 101. You know, there's so much information that you can get on YouTube, which is very easy to digest. Um, so, yeah. Anything else, Tam? Um, no, I think you've basically covered everything. Um, again, you know, cybersecurity is not the job of just your cybersecurity team. Everyone forms a part of cybersecurity, every single person. So nobody should feel like, well, you know, um, I mean, accounts, it's none of my business. No, it is. <laughs> You're part of the security chain. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that, that's the point I'd like if to stress. anything, they're probably the more targeted ones because they handle oh, yes. the money. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
yeah thank you guys for joining us um you guys have a lovely day evening catch you on the next episode bye for now thanks for listening to the honeypot chats with brenda and tambi join us next time 